It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. This is 49ers web zone, No Huddle Podcast, presented by Odyssey. I'm Al Sacco, along with Brian Reddick and Zane Nockney. And our guest today, which you know from the morning roast on 95.7 The Game, he is Joe Shasky. Joe, thanks for being here, man. What's up, fellas? I'm, I'm I'm excited. It feels like 49er land is a cesspool of hate on every single acquisition, <laughs> non-acquisition. It's just a quarterback. I, I'm fatigued by quarterbacks. And glad to hear you say that because guess where we're going to start? Because where else could you? <laughs> it's the 49ers, Joe. So it's not an offseason unless there's QB drama and questions and everything else. But I want to ask you before we get into it, I know we're waiting on Purdy's timetable with the surgery. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious what you thought of Brock and Trey throughout the season, and, and where do you think it's going with those two? I mean, we're going back to the beginning. Like last year, I went to camp. This is two years ago, 2021. Trey Lance's rookie year. He outplayed Jimmy in the majority of the practices I went to. Jimmy's a terrible practice player. Like Jeff Garcia was a terrible practice player. Some guys just don't look good in shorts surrounded by behemoths because you can't tell Well, they're all this scrambling and all this extra stuff. Cause if you're at practice, they're allowed to tap the quarterback and you don't know, Hey, is that going to be a sack? Are you able to evade that? You know, it's, it's so difficult. Same thing with running backs, very difficult to assess. I thought as a thrower from the pocket, Trey outperformed Jimmy in training camp last year at times uh, there, there were a couple practices, you know, Trey didn't look great. I would have handed the keys to Trey day one last year. That's me. That's what I would have done. I walked away feeling confident in who he was as a person with his makeup. And there was going to be some growing pains. They went in another direction. I totally understand it. And they probably had the locker room feel to it. There's a lot that goes into it. It's not one thing. You could say the finger injury. I think it's much more loaded than that. And then going into this year, I thought Trey looked great at practice. Him and Brandon Ayuk were, were on another level. I've been going to camp since I was a kid. Watch Rockland. I go up to drive it up to Rockland in a hundred mile, hundred uh, you know, degree heat. It's very difficult to see two guys have synergy. And you could see it early on. Trey and Ayuk, there was something there. Kittle was in and out of practice. Trent Williams was in and out of practice. I thought Trey looked good, given that no one was open, given that they had no run game. You know, like that's what I was seeing. And so you know, there were days he struggled, no doubt about it, where the defense had the upper hand. Brock, I didn't see anything from Brock. Everybody, oh, everybody had their hand on the notes and they were writing notes, and no one was paying attention to Brock doing the drills. Four or five reps for Trey, four or five reps for Sudfeld, one or two for Brock Purdy. I was like, oh, nice little story. He's tiny, can't throw when he rolls out to the left and has to spin his hips like a shortstop would up the middle where you got to flip him and throw. I mean, he just couldn't make that throw. Trey was just, ah, ah, hitting that outside pass. A lot of check downs from him. You could throw to the deep ball or the short guy. So it's like, oh, you're accurate on the short one. Well, can you rip one over the top? I thought Trey was looking good. And then you watch the game and you're like, why are you using him like this? Mm-hmm. If this is how you wanted to run the offense. Why didn't you take Justin Fields in? Like it just, th- there was a disconnect. And I never thought the guy was Lamar Jackson. I never thought he was a runner. I just didn't understand it. He didn't look great, you know, in the first week. It was a, monsoon i'm willing to give the guy a a ton of leeway i thought he looked really good in the second half against the texans last year when they had to win and then brock came out of nowhere after the jimmy injury he looked phenomenal he looked phenomenal but i do think as the year went on there was some limitations it felt like throwing outside the numbers uh them stacking the box them forcing them to, to to beat them over the top there were little things that you could start to see defenses picking up but i thought brock was 
way better than I ever thought. I thought season was a wrap. Yeah. Sorry, I'm running and, on here. No, no, it, it's all good. But so heading into next year, what what know. is your thought process? Right now, it looks like I mean, the odds of Purdy being ready for week one are probably pretty slim. So are you comfortable with Trey? Do you feel good with Trey? Do you think they should look kind of insulate themselves? Where are you on that? I, I asked Matt Barrows today on the show. I'm like, who is the person champion Trey Lance indoors, inside the facility? Who Who's the guy? And he was like, ah, and he didn't want to stick a name on him. Like, damn, that's mm-hmm. alarming to me. Like, that's yeah. alarming to me. That's really alarming to me. And what, what pisses me off more than anything is that, you know, obviously he has to earn everything he gets. That's the way I believe. I don't understand if they were going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo all along and everyone knew there was no logical trade partner at the money that Jimmy was making. Why didn't they let him compete? Because clearly the players felt that that Trey hadn't earned it because you kept Jimmy around. And there was this weird animosity. And so there's a player dynamic to this that has kind of driven me nuts from the get-go and regarding to Kyle Shanahan and the roster politics and like Tevin Coleman suiting up in the NFC Championship game. Why? Who who Mm -hmm. is beating their door down for a couple of special team snaps from Tevin Coleman? What are we doing? You know, like, but he does this. He's he's got his favorites. And I think Trey's no different. He's not one of his favorites right now. I don't get it. I don't don't know what they're doing right now. I don't think Brock's going to be ready. I think Brock's going to miss a lot of time. And if you like Brock, which I really like Brock, I want to see a lot more. What is the rush? He's 23. If he ruins his arm and he can never come back, they will regret that forever. They rushed back Alex Smith. Never was the same mentally and physically in a Niner uniform. Couldn't literally throw the ball for multiple seasons. So I don't understand what this big rush is. If he's if he's going to get this surgery, just take your time. Start him on the pup list. Even if it's this six-month window, I, I don't understand what the problem is. And then, Kyle, you're, paying, you're getting paid $15 million a year. Scheme it up with Trey Lance and try to win four out of six or four out yeah. of seven or whatever it is. Like, why is the sky falling? Let's go get Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan sucks. You guys really want to see Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan is finished. He burnt toast. Like, I'm I'm over that. So, I, I don't know. The, the, the quarterback thing, I'm just fatigued. Philip Rivers picks the phone up and is like, I want to come play for you. You are done, Philip. Like, I'm done with you. Like, I don't know. I'm just, as you can tell, it, it makes me angry. <coughs> you know, the one of the things. Start, sorry, oh, Brian. Go I just one more thing real quick. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think the, um, I think the rush, Joe, is that they know the window is getting like this with this core. We've been talking about it. So, do they have a couple years left? Yes. But I think they got to get it done with Kittle, with Williams, with Armstead. These guys only probably have a couple years left. And I, I think they feel that pressure. Sorry, Brian. But. I was going to say, you know, uh, one of the questions that I asked, I had Jason Aponte on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al was down Swamp land and, and Zane wasn't available. So I had Aponte on and I know you guys have had him on the morning roast. And one of the questions that I asked him or one of the things that I posited was perhaps this Brock Purdy injury in reality is a blessing in disguise in so much as it may keep Kyle Shanahan from sabotaging himself in, in that Brock Purdy is Jimmy Garoppolo with a little bit more athleticism, right? That, that is, that is what Brock Purdy is. He's Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's a better decision maker. I think there's a lot Brock brings to the table that Jimmy doesn't have. And people physically speaking, say that out loud. Yeah. But physically speaking, Oh yeah. Yeah. They're small. Nothing, nothing like, like what you could have in Trey Lance. And it genuinely felt like Kyle Shanahan got his ass kicked by Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and then got his ass kicked by Josh Allen on national TV in 2020. And he went, I need a guy like that. I want a guy like that. And it felt like 
that was why they went into the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. And then Deshaun did what Deshaun did. And they said, fine, then we're going to go up and we're going to get one of the guys in the draft. And then it seems like it eventually went between Jones, Fields, Lance. Jones was Jimmy Garoppolo, just younger and maybe a little bit better arm. But outside of that, probably relatively the same quarterback. And then it was Fields and, and Lance. And ultimately, they chose Lance. I, I don't know that we'll ever get an explanation for why. But the the minute that they chose Lance, they had conflicting timelines. They had a timeline of we need to develop this really raw quarterback who has a ton of tools mm-hmm. but just needs time. And we have a Super Bowl window with an aging roster that we need to take advantage of. And like you said, Joe, it, Kyle Shane is getting paid more than almost every other coach in the NFL. He should be able to win with this roster, even with Trey Lance at quarterback. So maybe if Brock is not ready, or maybe if this surgery, they go in and they go, oh, you know what? It's worse than we thought. This is the hybrid, right? Which is going to keep him out longer. Or God forbid, look, we need to do a reconstruction. Then he's out for the year. Well, then you have a full year to finally figure out what you have in Trey Lance. And so my question is, do you think that they would be willing to do that? Or if this surgery happens on Friday and it goes, hey, had to do a full reconstruction, months. he's out the year. Yeah. Are they yeah. going? Are they going the the their veteran route? And then now the new wrinkle, who's the new veteran quarterback that's on the market? 26-year-old former MVP, Lamar Jackson. What would Lamar Jackson look like? In I mean, if he's, if he's having problems with Trey Lance's accuracy, I don't understand how like the, the one thing like Lamar Trey Lance, this is where I get frustrated with Kyle. I don't even think he knows what he wants. If you listen to him, he just starts rattling things off. It's like the, you got a friend. We've all got this friend. Uh, I want an Instagram model girlfriend who can also cook and clean. Who's also homely, who doesn't go out to the clubs, but also puts a bunch of thirst traps on IG. Like dog, those things are all conflicting with each other. You have to win from the pocket. Can we all agree? Like, yes, you got to win from the pocket. Can you be mobile behind the, the line of scrimmage? Absolutely. Right. And that's, I saw him at camp multiple times. I'm like, Trey Lance reminds me more of John Elway, big Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, those are high, high praise, but I'm saying like, these are guys that I wouldn't say running quarterbacks, even though John Elway could run, Big Ben could run early in his career. I know the old man was different. Big, strapping, power arms that are going to deliver the ball down the field. Get the guys some possession receivers with some catch radius. Everyone's 6-1, and they can't get off the line of scrimmage, right? Let's like So there's all these conflicting things. And like I've always thought, Kyle doesn't even know what he wants. I like her cousins. Ah, ah, no, I like Jimmy G. Ah, no, I like Nick Mullins. I like this. Like If you ask him, he'll just start rattling off every skill. Dog, no one has all those skills. Like Patrick Mahomes, for all the things, he's reckless at times. He's reckless. But Andy's found a way to rein it in and make the best of him. I want to see Kyle figure it out. And whatever someone does well, keep running those plays. What? Like, I don't get it. It, it. It's very frustrating. And like, so the quarterback thing. Okay, window now. Got to win now. Like, I hear this with the Warriors. I hear this with a lot. Guys, what business in America is not trying to develop young talent at the bottom of their business to infiltrate into the top management portions of their company, whether it's the Yankees with Alfonso Soriano, guys, you're wearing a Yankee hat right now, back in the OOs, whether it's the 49ers back in the day trying to develop a young Roger Craig on an already Super Bowl winning team, whether it's a young Jerry Rice entering that team, Hufanga this year. Why do we do this with other businesses? 
We just played Hufanga, okay? You let him grow in the position, showed a lot of unbelievable traits, and, and also had some backbreaking plays at time. But you allowed him to develop. Why do we treat the quarterback position like it's going to destroy them? They won a playoff game in Green Bay without an offensive touchdown. Like, no team is better suited to go through the struggles of a young quarterback than the 49ers. So I push back on this whole, like, we're going to win now. Like, I believe in Kyle. I feel like they'll reload the roster. Yes, guys are getting up there in age. That's the NFL. It could fall off a cliff at any moment. But if your argument is win now, then you should have got Brady two years ago when I was screaming to the high heavens. But you know why he didn't? Because Kyle's too stubborn, and who knows what the hell he's looking for in quarterback. Guys, I'll ask you. you you've watched this. What's the number one attribute he's looking for from a quarterback? Someone that knows wants- exactly what he wants them to do. Yeah, a guy that listens to Kyle. Yeah, yeah, a robot. So he wants a yeah, robot. Yeah, so hit the A button. Throw here. Throw here. Throw here. Yep. That's yeah, he so, okay. So he wants a robot. Guess what? Those guys don't exist. The game's played by humans. You know what I mean? Like at some level, all the elite players, Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, pick whoever you want. Guys, can they make the play from structure? Absolutely. When it breaks down. They've got that second level of creativity and they can make things happen downfield. You've got to let players play. And so like my biggest problem with the guy is that I think he's too controlling. He's great. He's freaking awesome. Belichick can't draft wide receivers. Kyle doesn't know what he's looking for in quarterbacks. I, that's just where I'm at right now. Yeah. You know, what's a good example. Sorry. Sorry. Zane. I just got one more quick thing to say. I know I'm, I'm talking over you guys. You look at the 2021 off season, right? When they end up getting Trey, because you mentioned he doesn't know what he wants. They wanted Stafford. They wanted Watson. Exactly. Watson gets legal trouble. Oh, well, let's just trade all our picks and move up now. That's a great point. I don't even. All he knew that offseason that he didn't want Jimmy Garoppolo. He knew nothing else. Sorry, Zane. Go ahead. Yeah, I think that like everybody talks about like oh they they want a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Josh. You had a chance to get the real Patrick Mahomes in 2017. You had a chance to get him and you passed on him. That that's the most frustrating thing is that every single time and. I mean, I know you like like Butcher Boy, right? So I'll call you I'll call you Butch, right? Because like we know, you know. So so backstory for for those of you that may not know. Uh, uh, so Butch has been like he's been a, a legend on the Bay Area airwaves for a long time, like calling in to to Damon Bruce's show for many years. So fan legend turned radio host is is this is actually one of the coolest stories that that I've heard of. Thank uh, you. And, and I think I think that for those of you that don't know, you should definitely look into it. And and um, you know, it's 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 awesome to to have you on our show again, man. But but really, like we we look at the the, the opportunities that they've had to add a Hall of Fame level talent at the quarterback position. And we've talked about this on the show ad nauseum, right? They passed on Mahomes, passed on Brady, mm-hmm. passed on Aaron Rodgers back in the day, right? Passed on Aaron Rodgers back in the day, passed on Brady again. Passed on a chance to to get. Well, I mean, Deshaun Watson was was that was legal troubles, right? But at every step of the way, when they've had a chance to add a difference maker at quarterback, they have tried and failed, or they just haven't tried at all. And this is the difference between them yes. being on the cusp and them hoisting another couple of Lombardis, right? I I, I kind of dovetails in my in, into one of the questions I wanted to ask you, like, at what point are they going to figure it out? Like they've they've in the last decade they've been close six times, right? And they haven't been able to get over the hump. What do they need to be able to get over that hump? Or is it just a situation where you have what you need, but you just have to put it together? Like, there's nothing else you need at this point. You have a great roster. You have great coaching, great talent. You just need to get your shit together and put it together and get over the hump. Is it that situation? Or do they actually need more ammo here? I I mean, the the margins are so thin in the playoffs. Like, it's just so razor thin. The fact that they've won this many playoff games. and, And you can make an argument they've had the worst quarterback in every game they've played. 
You can in the playoffs of the of the Shanahan era. You can make that argument. Kirk Cousins has had a better career than Jimmy Garoppolo. I know people don't want to hear it. Look at the data. Like it's 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 in your face. All right. He's three, four times passing yards, touchdowns, everything. I mean, he's been phenomenal. Winning percentage, Jimmy kicks his butt, but come on. All right. Dak Prescott, even this last year, like Dak's been the better quarterback than Brock Purdy. Now, maybe 10 years from now, we look at it differently. Like go all the way down the list. And they've won how many? Seven playoff games under Kyle, six playoff games under Kyle. He's tremendous. Their biggest issue, and this is one of my biggest problems with them, they don't understand value on certain things. For example, you guys referenced the the missing on the pick with the quarterback. You took the worst player of the top 10 guys. Hands down. Solomon does the worst player. You could you could have fallen face first into Christian McCaffrey and you would have been better than this. You could have fallen face first into so many different players and you have then you had an opportunity to trade away DeForest Buckner. You don't keep him. You don't value his leadership. You value Jimmy Ward and you value Eric Armstead and Eric Armstead was a one-year wonder. And then you take that draft pick and you take a two down lineman, defensive lineman who can't rush the passer and has a chronic broken knee at 13 when no one was going to take him. So there's this consistent pattern of not understanding value that really comes back to bite them. They're still paying D Ford. And, and it was a good trade in theory. Second rounder, it was a high, basically a first round pick. And you had to pay that guy. Okay. You got to understand value. And that's my biggest problem with them right now. So the same thing can be said, the number three overall pick guys, right? They have this golden opportunity to jump up. They didn't jump up for a player. They jump up to the slot. And then we're like, we'll figure it out because we're so good. We'll find the player. That's not how businesses work. You, you, If you're going to make a move that bold, you better have conviction before you make the move. And so like to me, we can go right through the draft. And they found fifth-round talents, second-round talents. They found unbelievable talent. Think of how many misses they've had. Massive misses. I mean, Fred Warner is outstanding. They thought Reuben Foster was going to be the dude. Then he whiffed. They paid Malcolm Smith and Quan Alexander back-to-back years. Like, they have, they sunk so much money into that spot, and they got lucky. We don't even think about it because Fred Warner's ridiculous. So maybe that happens here with Brock, and this just changes the equation, and they can win playoff games, and they found someone, luckily, in Brock Purdy who can be that guy. I just, I don't know, man. I, I think long-term, I don't know what Kyle wants in a quarterback. Like, I really don't. He, for years, he told me running backs don't matter. And I was screaming like, no, they do matter. They do matter. Then he gets Christian McCaffrey, and we all said, holy crap, wow. Look at what a world-class running back does for everyone on the offense. And now it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It used to be, remember, Shanahan could turn out 1,000-yard running backs. Bro, they haven't had a 1,000-yard running back since Carlos Hyde. One single season until this year with, with Christian McCaffrey. And it was because of the combined yards and whatnot. But, like, so he needs to adjust his principles and his philosophies to get over the hump, in my opinion. Like, that's what I think he needs to do. Mike McGlinchey is another example. He's a run-blocking right tackle. Guys, it's 2023. Run-blocking right tackles are like power forwards who I throw the ball to in the block. Like, they don't exist anymore. They just don't. You have to be a pass-blocking right tackle. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, Kyle. Let McGlinchey go. I know you love him. He stinks. Let him go. I'm not paying him 15 million bucks. If they pay him 15 million bucks, it's another example of, per year. They don't understand value. And that's that's my biggest problem with them right now because every little hole always comes back to bite them. Center position, they didn't value it. What happened with Chris Jones in the Super Bowl? He dominated them. Sorry, I just it drives me nuts because there are certain things you see from a mile away that they don't identify and it comes back to bite them. So 
looking now, we're heading to the offseason, we're heading into free agency, and the Niners have some holes. I think they have maybe have more holes and openings right now than people are really talking about. And I think Agreed. the whole line and the D-line are two spots for me personally. Where do you think the focus should be heading into free agency? I'm not drafting any D-tackles until day three. Like Ridgeway and McGill and all these randoms, like those guys can come in and fill a spot as a two-down lineman. DN, different story. If there's a guy out there, I thought Drake Jackson was going to be that guy. Like, he was flashing. I was seeing, you know, progress. When I saw him at camp, I said, that guy clearly needs a nutrition program. His body, he need, he's out of shape. Like, and, and for a 21-year-old, like, he needs to, to get in the weight room. But I saw flashes. The bend, the uh, athleticism, they need to have a bookend on, on the other side of Bosa. That's when they've been their most lethal. They need that guy badly. Right tackle and center. Like, to me, those are the two. Number one, center, right tackle. And then I'm going to go D-tackle, D-line, uh, you know, depth, and, and, and maybe safety. You know, this guy Bates is out there from Cincinnati. He's a ball hawker. Maybe that works well with uh, with, with Talanoa Hufanga. But, guys, like, they have to keep you. Your quarterback cannot get peppered every year. Like, that's where we're at. They just keep getting peppered. And they're never standing upright. So, I don't know. That's what I think the, the needs are. And kicker, who cares about kicker? Like, figure it out. Stop kicking field goals and get touchdowns. You know, I think the DN the DN question is interesting, right? With with <clears throat> with Drake Jackson, you know, he's kind of that bigger body DN in the in the in the vein of kind of like an Eric Armstead. You know, he's six, I think he's six five, and then I think they had him playing around two seventy. I think what they need and and what they haven't had and thought they might get with Ebucom is that speed rusher opposite Bosa, right? Which is what D Ford was supposed to be. D Ford ran a four five forty. At uh at the combine coming out of uh what was it Auburn right mm -hmm. and so they haven't really had a guy like that outside of like an Ebucom but Ebucom was they, they bet and they bet and they bet on like they bet on him you know being a a, a hand in the dirt guy because yeah. he was a stand up guy in L A and not again not that he was bad but he isn't the same level as like a D Ford so I agree with you Joe I think D end opposite Bosa that speed element I think mm -hmm. is what's missing. And if you can get that, then you're looking at 2019 level D line rather than 20, 21 and 22, where it's been good and it's been deep, but it hasn't been overly impressive. It hasn't yeah. been impressive. Like the, like the Eagles D line this year, right? Where yeah. they boasted what four dudes with double digit sacks. So I think, I think that is, that is the key. And, and then the offensive line, right? It's, it's the trenches. That's what we know. The trenches are where they win. And if they're going to try and go into 2023 with Colton McKivitz at right tackle and uh, Nick Zakel at center because they trust in their player development, that scares the shit out of me because you just went through a season where you used four quarterbacks. I know because they got injured. Were you guys? So, did you guys think that Banks would be a player? Scary. Did you guys heading into I, this I year think Banks? Banks? Cause I, I, did I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have an opinion either way. Um, yeah, I didn't I think that him sure. not playing was any, uh, you know, was, was a, an indictment on him. I knew that he played left guard at, at Notre Dame. I knew Lake and Tomlinson was going to be a free agent. Like I saw it, I saw what they were doing and that was fine with me. Did I think he was going to be good? I mean, I, I didn't know, but I didn't think that, you know, he was a bust cause he didn't play year one. 
He looked um, so bad but, at practice the first year. Like he he couldn't he couldn't guard the sled. Like he was so bad. I I really and then he he it was a monster season this year. And Burford too. They found out of nowhere. So like mm-hmm. clearly whatever they're doing in the late rounds is working. But the, the it's the top stuff. Like again, I go back to value because I look at it. It's like uh, the stock mar- stock market. You know, like it's when you acquire something. When you get rid of something, the timing really does matter on these things. You guys reference you reference Eric Armstead. They paid him to play the end. They overpaid and made him a top 10 D end. When if you slid him inside and you paid him as a D tackle, again, understanding value, that number would be a lot lower. You know, they wouldn't have had to have restructured it off the off the bat. I think Drake Jackson's more athletic than you're giving him credit for. He's just out of shape. The kid, the kid is so young. Like so oh, young. super Plus athletic. He was in shambles. Uh, I, I'm really high on him. I think he, but I hear you on, they do need a smaller speedster. I agree with that aspect. Speed kills. That's why I love Dre Greenlaw. I know he's reckless. I know he does dumb stuff and he's different. He's a linebacker, but the dude flies. Like when you watch him, he's banging his helmet. He's doing all that. He flies. The Eagle D line that you referenced, bro. I was in the third row for the NFC championship game. It's the largest group of men I've ever seen in my life. They've got eight dudes that are gigantic, like gigantic. And Jake Brendel is supposed to stay in front of those guys. Like, I just didn't see it. I, it, I thought that that game was going to go sideways no matter who was at quarterback. I'm being dead real with you. Did, did you give it to Fortinball after the Eagles lost the Super Bowl? Did you want to give it to him after that? Uh, dude, don't even start. He actually ran into Bonte at the uh, airport. They both were going down to Mexico. And so he tried to give us a peace pipe. It's uh, he, held, he who <laughs> shall not be named. He's not even. He's not even from Philly, right? <laughs> How I does mean, that happen? How does Eagle fans are the worst. All right, Joe. We appreciate the time, buddy. You were the absolute best. Thank you so much. Oh, for being sorry if I over talked and cut everybody. Oh, no, you're back good, here. man. You're all good, buddy. All right, you guys. Oh. So look, there's a lot. There's a lot that we could talk about in the show, and we have to do another show this week. So I think maybe that could be our maybe our free agent preview show because I didn't want to talk about quarterbacks all show either, but. Here we are. And a couple things have happened now. The first thing is that, okay, so we have, we know Trey is going to be there. We'll find out about Purdy hopefully Friday when we can expect him. But some things have come out this week before we get into the Lamar talk, which we we have to do because it's out there. Mike Silver and a couple other people have brought up some quarterbacks who the Niners might be interested in bringing in, which it sounds like if Purdy is going to be out for a while. Because I don't think any of these guys are coming in as a number three. And the names we heard were Matt Ryan, if he's released, Jacoby Brissett, Andy Dalton, Baker Mayfield, and am I missing somebody? I might be. Might be one other one. But those were the four. Mm. Bi- oh, um, it was Mason Rudolph was the other one. Oh, that's yeah, the right. five names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hearing those names to me, I know the Niners really liked Andy Dalton in, in 2021. They were upset when he went to was it the Bears at the time he went to they because mm-hmm. they 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 had a lot of interest in him then. I like Jacoby Brissett. I think Trevor Brissett is a top backup in the league. I don't want him starting for me, but I, I think he's a top backup if Purdy's out for a while and they want to roll a train and bring Brissett in. Matt Ryan, I think, is done, but I get it because he did with Kyle. Mason Rudolph, I want no part of. And Baker, I don't. He's a fine backup. I think he could be a top end backup too, but I feel like there could be more baggage with him. So out of those five, Brissett would be the guy I would really like. Did any of those names stick out to you guys? And what would you think on that? Well, I think. Uh, so you're not gonna like this, but I think familiarity means a lot to Kyle. So I think that's one of the things when 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 Butcher Boy was on with us, I think that's one of the things that I could have answered in terms of uh, what Kyle looks for is is the familiarity with the system and and the ability to run that system. And 
that's why Josh Johnson had a roster spot, right? Because he had familiarity with the system and nobody expected him to play. And we saw how that all went down, but I think that's big in Kyle's mind, especially with a scenario like this, where you are literally a placeholder. There is no future for this, this quarterback, whoever he brings in. It mm-hmm. is Brock Purdy's job, I think, first. And if Trey absolutely lights it up, then, then he'll have a shot too. But I think that to insulate themselves, uh, they will bring in a guy like Matt Ryan. I think it's Matt Ryan because he knows the system. I know people won't like hearing that, and I know people, that's not a name that people want on <laughs> in terms of a, a championship caliber quarterback. But when you have a quarterback who is going to be the backup, you want that guy to be able to have to be able to go with as little reps as possible, right? And you because they don't get the bulk of the reps during the week. The the first obviously the first the, the QB one does. So that being said, if the guy knows the playbook already, you put him at you put him at QB two because then he doesn't need those those reps. You come in right away, plug and play. And to me, that guy's Matt Ryan. I, I I don't necessarily like that, but out of the pool that you just mentioned, to me that makes the most sense. Yeah, I think Jacoby Brissett, to be perfectly honest, based on his play in Cleveland this year, I think he's going to be a QB1 somewhere. Um, I would imagine one of the places that is going a rookie quarterback high. So you're talking Carolina. Um, I don't think it'll be Indianapolis because he's already been there. Uh, But -hmm. Carolina, uh, possibly Houston. Um, You know, I think I think a a reunion with Reich in Carolina makes the most sense for Brissett. And so I, I don't to be perfectly honest, I don't even consider him because. I think he's looking for a place to to play as a bridge, and that's not San Francisco. And so, Zane, I, I, I agree. I mean, Joe's not wrong. I mean, Matt Ryan's done. He's done, done, right? Um, but that's not – they're not looking for somebody to come in and play. I think they're looking for somebody to come in and just be available if for whatever reason, again, right? Because they have to. He's gone down twice now. Right. He's missed time each season that he's been in the NFL. And are those are those injuries his fault? Absolutely not. Right. One is a broken finger hit on a helmet. The other is a, a knee sprain again because he's being used a bit as a as a battering ram. The the Lamar Jackson conversation is interesting to me. In so much as you're talking about a 26 year old quarterback who has won an MVP is I believe 46 and 19 as a starter in the NFL and is one of the better athletes to ever play the position. And Kyle Shanahan has already said up to the 2021 draft when they knew that they were taking a quarterback, what are you looking for in a quarterback? As we talked about with Joe, maybe he doesn't know, but one of the things he said is, you want a guy who can process and be accurate like Breeze and run like Lamar, right? Well, now you got the you've got Lamar available to you. But Lamar is looking for a Deshaun Watson deal. And that's where it gets a little a little dicey to me. Um, I tweeted this out earlier, and I think it's interesting, and I think it speaks a lot to I think there's a question that is starting to that isn't talked about a lot in the NFL. It's almost like a money ball question to me. And it's, can you win a Super Bowl with a highly paid quarterback? And thus far, the answer 
is largely no. If you look at the uh, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, I went all the way back to 2009, okay? And the percentage of cap that their contract took up for their team that season. Starting in 2009, Drew Brees was 8.7%. In 2010, Rodgers, uh, it's actually, that was a randomly an uncapped year, but he only made $6.5 million. That would be 5.2% if you go by the previous year's cap. In 2011, Eli, 11.7%. Mm-hmm. 12 Flacco 6.6 13 Russ half a percent uh 2014 Brady 10.6 15 Peyton 11.7 16 Brady 8.6 17 Foles nine tenths of a percent Carson Wentz 3.4 percent combined 4.3 percent for the two 2018 Brady 12.2 19 Mahomes 2.4 20 Brady 12.2 Stafford or 21 Stafford 7.4 and then 2022 Mahomes at 17.2%. Patrick Mahomes is the only quarterback in modern NFL to win a Super Bowl taking up more than 12.2% of the cap for his team's season that year. It's it goes to show just how football is such a team sport. That if you're if you're investing your capital in one position, even if it's the most important position on the field, you're likely not building a team good enough to win a Super Bowl. If the 49ers, for whatever reason, decide, hey, let's go after Lamar Jackson, he wants a Deshaun contract. And it's the full guarantee, the fully guaranteed contract that is making owners balk, and certainly seems like owners are starting to soft collude a little bit to make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah, but he's still looking. I mean, look at the contract that Daniel Jones just signed today. Daniel Jones signed a contract with the Giants, four years, a hundred and sixty million dollars. Now, is he going to get one sixty? He's not, right? But he still signed that contract. So he signed a contract worth $40 million a year. He was the 20th ranked quarterback by DVOA last season. The quarterback market is outrageous. And my question is, much like much like your beloved A's, Zane, is there a market inefficiency that a team can exploit in which they do not sign a quarterback to a second contract, or at the very least, sign a quarterback to a contract worth more than 15% of the cap. Because it certainly seems to me that if you sign for one above that, unless they're Patrick Mahomes level generational, Mm -hmm. you're not winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, and I think to add to add a little bit of context to that, the, the reason why I, that they can't teams don't win Super Bowls when they have a quarterback taking up that much of the cap is because it limits your and restricts your ability to address other areas on your team. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. It affects your depth. It affects the quality of the the external players, the external to the quarterback. It affects everything. So when you pay one guy that much, it's going to have a trickle down effect on the rest of your team. So I think one answer, Brian, to to your question is that you have to be able to draft and develop quarterbacks on their rookie contract before they get even that fifth year option, right? So before they get into the fifth year option, 
draft well and develop them and win something on their rookie contract, which is why they botched this Trey Lance situation so bad because we're entering year three of his rookie contract. And yes. that scares the hell out of me because you mm-hmm. still don't know what you have in him yet. And you're still kind of spinning your wheels with the championship roster. And I'm not saying that he was the wrong pick. All I'm saying is that this, he is a victim of circumstances, right? And right now, if we look at the Lamar situation, I think, by the way, I think that's absurd that he's not, he's not getting interest around the league, like from a team like Atlanta, for example, right? Who should right. be pounding the table for, for a guy like Lamar Jackson, he's, who in my opinion is a generational talent. Yeah. He's a perfect fit there. And he is a generational talent. He's a phenomenal player. And the, the lack of interest around the league is shocking to me because the Cleveland Browns were idiots and they gave Deshaun Watson a fully guaranteed contract for being a sexual predator, right? So they, they, they messed up the market, right? Yeah. I think that if you, if you get a quarterback on the upswing, on, the, on his rookie deal, you win early, it doesn't matter what happens after that, right? You can, you can sign him to a second deal, you got your ring, right? And if he's a generational quarterback like Mahomes is, you may get a couple. But I think, Al, like we, we talked about this before the show as well. You brought up a point in the tweet that you sent out earlier today that w- why are teams paying for mid-level quarterbacks like Daniel Jones money yeah. for like, you know, or like elite money for like a Daniel Jones or a Kirk Cousins or, or Derek say, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Derek Carr, right? Why are they doing this? And my, I guess my answer to that, because I'm just answering question, everybody's questions right now. Right? <laughs> like, my answer to that is they have no choice but to do that because that is that is the going rate for quarterbacks to maintain the status quo because there's only a finite number of even capable quarterbacks in the NFL. They have a capable quarterback, so they hold on to that for dear life. Problem is, is that they're messing up the market for everybody else and they're and messing it, everything else. At some point, when when will this break? Because they are playing paying these QBs, this huge Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, they're making these huge sums of money, even Dak Prescott. And that you will win nothing. You may make playoffs, you may win 10 games, but you're not winning anything. So what are you doing? You're spinning your wheels. Does it break? And Brian, this list is great because I'm looking at it. I I pulled it up with what you wrote. You look at all these quarterbacks. Once every 10 years or so, a flacco will come around. Something will happen with Foles. But you look at the rest of this list and you're right. The cap is is low enough. But Breeze, Hall of Famer. Rodgers, Hall of Famer. Eli is a borderline Hall of Famer, regardless of what people think of him. Yeah. Flacco was on his rookie deal, I believe, the last year of his rookie deal, I believe. I believe. I don't think he had signed that huge contract yet. So he's he still they were able to, yeah. so right. they were able to build a team around him. So that's a QB on his first deal. Wilson ended up being elite QB, but he was a QB on his first deal. They built a great team around him. Brady is a Hall of Famer. Peyton is a Hall of Famer. Brady a Hall of Famer. Then you had the kind of the Nick Foles thing. Okay, that's going to happen every ten years. Somebody gets hot. Brady, Mahomes, Brady, Hall of Famers. I think Stafford is elite-ish. I, I think he, he, you can put him on a good team in that regard. And then Mahomes. So all these quarterbacks are still elite dudes other than the rookie guy with the big team around him. But if you have a Kirk Cousins and a Daniel Jones or a Derek Carr, you probably don't have a big team around them because you're paying them so much. You may have a very good team around them, but not a Legion of Boom type defense around them. Not that not not the 2012s with Anquan Bolden and everybody else they had on that team. That was a really, really good team that they had that year. I wish I could think of more guys. I put that year out of my head for whatever reason. Um, so it's really interesting that you're going to Ray keep... Lewis, Ed Reed. Sure. Uh, yeah. blah, 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 blah. I don't want to think about it ever again. Um, it's really interesting that there's they're paying these guys this amount of money when history shows you're not ever going to win anything. So right. does it break? Is that now the thing with Lamar? I think we talked about this, whatever it was, however many shows ago. We did put him in the elite category. Now he's a different kind of elite than a Burrow or a Mahomes or 
Aaron Allen, where he uses his legs more. I know those, some of those guys run too, but Lamar, the first thing you think of is running with him. So I, I do think that there's a little bit of soft collusion right now because everybody's saying, well, we're not giving you guaranteed money. Back off and then we'll talk. I do think there's that. I also wonder if there's a little bit of pause because he has missed, I think, nine games the last two years. He is a running quarterback. Are people worried that he's not going to last another three, four years? So it'll be here's interesting my, to see how that how that goes. Here, here's my question with that. Is Lamar Jackson who Lamar Jackson is right now, meaning uh, almost you know more running quarterback than throwing quarterback, and finished the last two years injured because he was saddled with a Greg Roman designed designed offense? Like, yes. what does yeah. Lamar Jackson look like in a non Greg Roman designed offense? Is he running as often? Is he you know? It, is he using his arm more than his legs with somebody who can design a passing offense? Cause Greg Roman can't like it's, he just can't, it's been proven in Baltimore in San Francisco, everywhere he's been, he can, he can scheme the shit out of a running game. I give him that right. Cannot scheme to him, his, his self out of a paper bag in the passing game. So that's my question is teams are balking because he finished two seasons in a row injured, but his offensive coordinator, you know, sucked. <laughs> like yeah. get him with an elite play caller. What if you get him with an Arthur Smith? What if you get him with a Kyle Shanahan? What if you get him with, you know, somebody, somebody who will take advantage because one thing that, that, and this is why I feel like he could be a fit in San Francisco. One thing that he is sneaky good at that a lot of people don't realize is throwing over the middle. He really is. If you look at his numbers over the middle, they're damn, and that's where Kyle Shanahan loves to live. So, but it's it, to me, it still comes back to this: if you have to pay him twenty percent of your cap, right? Let's see. Um, I have it on there. Oh, Patrick Mahomes next year, twenty twenty three, twenty two point four percent of the Chiefs' cap. That stays that way or not? I have no idea. Likely. I don't think there's a ton that they can do to change that. It'll be interesting to see what the chiefs have to do, right? What did they already have to do? They already had to get rid of Frank, Frank Clark. They mm -hmm. already decided not to franchise Orlando Brown. And then they're also losing their other tackle, right? So they're losing both their tackles and their stud defensive end. Why? Cause they're paying Patrick Mahomes silly money. Cause he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I'm not begrudging that they gave him that contract, but what I'm saying is, Maybe if you have an elite offensive head coach and play caller and system like the 49ers do, would it be here to find a Brock Purdy every two to four years? Then it would be to sign a, you know, a, a quarterback to a contract where they're making, you know, 35 to $50 million a year. I, th I think that's an interesting thought. I don't know. I don't have an answer, but I do know that outside of Patrick Mahomes, who already is a Hall of Famer, nobody, including Brady, including Manning, including Brees, made more than 12.2% of their cap outside before Patrick Mahomes this past season. And I don't think that's a coincidence at all, like you said, Zane. So, yeah, like a, a lot of those guys that you mentioned, Al, if you, if you look at it, Aaron Rodgers won in the, I believe, the fifth-year option of his deal, right, his rookie deal. Brady won one on his rookie deal. Mahomes won on his rookie deal. 
Uh, I mean, Peyton Manning took, took a while, right? But like a lot of these guys, they're winning on the, uh, Drew Brees won it on essentially the year after, well, the deal that he got the year after he got franchised. So he got franchised by San Diego. They let him go. He signed a $60 million contract for six years, won it on that contract, and then turned that into a $100 million contract. So he, he won it on the smaller of his, his contracts, right? So my point is, is that it may be too late. If you're paying a quarterback, it may be too late in that quarterback's career to, to win that. And, and I'm not saying that the, how much you get paid correlates with how much you're going to win in, in your career arc because guys can't win later on in their career. But I just feel like there's a trend here that we have to notice. And if you're paying a quarterback and he hasn't won one yet and you're having to pay him, that's a big red flag to me because a lot of these guys, they went on their rookie deals early on in their career before they get the, the big deals. And I think that, has, that part of it has direct correlation with how you can fund the rest of your roster. It's all economics, right? Like you have a finite amount mm-hmm. to spend. You can spend it all in one place or you can spread it around your roster. So, Brian, I think that like maybe you might be better off looking for a Brock Purdy every two to four years rather than paying a guy 20% of your cap unless that guy is is Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes and he's already won several Super Bowls and has proven that he's been able to get to the top despite having such a big price tag. So I, I think that tying it back to the 49ers and what they're doing with Brock Purdy and Trey Look, they're in a really good situation fiscally, right? Financially, they're in a really good situation. They've got two guys on their rookie contracts in their quarterback room, right? And one of those two guys will be starting for the foreseeable future. Now, the issue is, is that we don't know long-term what we have in either of them. Like Brock, we saw a very small sample size, and he was great in that small sample size. And Trey, we just don't know at all. So that, to me, that is the biggest question, right? We keep going back to the same thing. We just don't know what we have, right? Financially, they're in a good situation, other than that, who knows? Kirk Cousins, assuming he plays this season at $30 million a year, will have made $231 million in his career. A quarter of a Holy billion God. dollars in his Good career. Good for Kirk Cousins. <laughs> to be he won, 72, he won 63, and two. Really good numbers. A little bit over 500 player. He's won one playoff game. And he's, his teams, do they? his teams ever suck? No. Are his teams ever going to win a Super Bowl? Probably not. So that's 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 where you are. And he's a really good example of it. He's had two seasons where he, one year he went 10 and 5, 13 and 4. Last year they were a terrible 13 and 14, but they were 13 and 4. And they went one and done in the playoffs. So that's what you got. You get what you paid for. And that's what a lot of people are. So that's where we are. But it's I'll tell you, it's fascinating to me. It really is to see how this how it's all going to play out with these mid-tier guys getting money and, and, and everything else. It really is fascinating. The other, the other thing, the other thing that we didn't talk about, Gino. Gino got paid by Seattle, right? But that was a three-year, mm-hmm. is essentially mm-hmm. a three-year, $105 million contract, right? So a $35 million a year for Gino Smith. Gino Smith absurd. is now on yeah. a contract for $35 million a year, which when we talk about this window that the 49ers have, Al and I talked about the core, but you also have to look at the NFC West and you have to look at the whole and say, the time is now, right? The time is now. The time is now to get go get number six. And what does that look like? Does it look like a bold move at quarterback? Does it look like a bold move to go get a Lamar Jackson? Probably not, but could be. But here, here's the other thing. Matthew Stafford has a $20 million cap hit this next season. In 2024, his cap hit is $49.5 million. And in 2025, Oof. it is $50 million. So the Rams That's aren't crazy. going anywhere for a while. Right. It's I mean, the time is now exploit this window, sink your resources in free agency, make yourselves 
better than you were last season. Don't even worry about, is it Brock? Is it Trey? Whatever. It doesn't matter who's back there because this team is incredible. And whoever we have back there, we're going to win football games. And I think that's the reality. 100%. All right, guys. Uh, thanks to Joe Shasky for coming on today. It was a fun conversation. And for Brian and Zane, I'm Al. Peace. Later. Nine, zero, three. One, zero, three. Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company.